So welcome everybody. This is episode 69 of the Solopreneur Grind podcast. I am here with Polish Peter. Peter, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, man. My pleasure. I'm looking forward to the chat. Obviously, I, I love talking to other entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, but we have a little bit more of a connection due to the relation to immigration, which I'm excited mm -hmm. to break into a little bit more. But for those who don't know who you are, can you tell us just a little bit more about who you are and, and what you're working on these days? Yeah, so um, kind of my name kind of give it away a little bit. Polish Peter, right? So I am <laughs> Polish. <laughs> I was originally born in Poland, came to United States when I was 14 years old, didn't speak any English. In fact, I to this day, I still learning English. I think <laughs> I don't think you can ever learn that language for sure, you know. I remember when I was growing up here and I was learning the language and one of the things was like, so wait a minute, am I Polish or am I Polish, right? Because <laughs> they're the same thing. So that's the whole thing about the language. But anyway, long story short, I came here, you know, went to high school, went to college, graduated with a degree in architecture because my uncle was a big influence for me in the, that regard. So I've always lived in Michigan. I have been here since 91. Mm -hmm. So it's been a long time. And as I started... Here. Yeah. Wow. Now you just made me old. All right. Well, that's interesting. All right. So anyway, so I was an architect for a while after, you know, here in Michigan until about 2007, 2008, when the whole, you know, real estate market crashed in United States. And um, I had to pivot at that time. All right. Mm -hmm. Because I had three kids, was married and had three kids. And I was like, I need to support my family. How do I go about doing that? And I think a lot of solopreneurs have to deal with that kind of a thinking, right? Especially when they have a family. So I started doing something part-time on the side as I was seeing this whole thing unfold and decided to go and combine my strengths. And that was, you know, uh, marketing. I was very good at marketing from learning a lot of those kinds of things, real mm -hmm. estate aspect because of the architect. And the internet so i combined those three things and i started teaching other people how to market their businesses on the internet and that's where my journey started for the uh, entrepreneurial kind of a side now coming back now it has evolved into something much deeper where i actually now what i do is have a uh, marketing agency where i help businesses like select businesses higher level businesses market themselves on a uh, Facebook. So we have like an agency that will market them. And on the personal side, I coach uh, specific entrepreneurs, right? I have two different mm -hmm. coaching groups where I help entrepreneurs grow their businesses and their life. Because one of the things that I found out over the years, is you can't separate life and the business. And I think a lot right. of people, especially entrepreneurs, kind of start looking at it that way and they get in trouble, which I did myself, actually. Right. Right. No, I, I totally agree. And, and we'll definitely dig deeper into that. But I, I want to go back to kind of more of the start of the entrepreneurial part of the journey, Peter. And the first yep. thing that stuck out to me is you're working as an architect, but you're telling me that you are combining strengths of marketing and the Internet. How mm -hmm. did you develop those strengths? Was that just on the side? Were you like listening to podcasts? Like wh where did that come in or how did that manifest? Right. That's a great question. You know, if I think back to that particular time, one thing that you will, if you know anything about me, you will find out that I love studying human behavior, right? I love studying 
uh, why do we do the things that we do, right? Why do we buy stuff that we don't need and all that kind of stuff? So mm -hmm. I remember even before that, one of the first books that had a huge influence on me was Robert Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And the second book was my uh, book by Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. Those two books have completely transformed, you know, how I think about life and business and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I was always infatuated with that kind of a thing. And that kind of, you know, the whole think about humans and mindset and all that kind of stuff comes together with the marketing, right? So that infatuation kind of evolved into that. I started learning, testing different things, school of hard knocks mm -hmm. kind of a thing. And that's where my the whole thing evolved, you know. But, but we, when were you doing that? You were working nine to five, right? Yes. While all this was happening? And, and yeah, you so, had a family? Like all of this yeah, was going I had, on? So, so, yeah. So I was working nine to five in the architecture in about 2006, 2007. And that's the time where I started seeing something change in the market, right? In architecture, especially here in Michigan. And that entrepreneurial bug kind of hit me. Mm -hmm. And I started doing this. So, so I would literally sit at, you know, at night and develop different strategies and pages and learn different things and, and things like that. So I would be doing this in the evening, like kind of like this grinding. Now, mm -hmm. in retrospect, some of it was good. Some of it wasn't because for me, it ultimately resulted in, um, I'll be a little bit honest with you, in 2011, I ended up getting divorced. And partially was because I was so you know wanted to provide for my family provide 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 you know mm -hmm. and a lot of that ended up not being totally present with my family right right but that in turn has ended up helping me get much deeper into helping people because right. now i see that things that the mistakes that i've made right right to be so able can, to help somebody can can you touch a little bit on that right now in terms of yeah. how do you find that right balance right because we all know how difficult it can be to you know build a business especially from you know your own business from scratch how much time it takes yeah um, but obviously if you have a family um that's really important too so uh, what do you tell your clients now or, or what were some of the key takeaways and 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 how you would kind of approach that differently right that's a really great point because a lot of people who are coming to me don't have they want to start something new right mm -hmm. so one big mistake that I made back then is that I let my business, my entrepreneurial side, dictate my life, right? So everything in my mind and in what I was doing, everything was thinking about business, business, business. How do I make more money? How do I do this, right? Mm -hmm. So I had what's called the business vision, mm -hmm. right? I had a vision for my business, what I wanted to get. Now, that's important. Now, what I've learned from that and what I tell my students right now is first thing that we need to do and get very clear on is what do you want your life to look like? And then right. develop that, create that, get clear on that. What do you want your life, like, life to look like? Like what's your life look like with your family, right? Ultimately that you want to achieve. Because, you know, if you think about it, we start businesses to have a better life. We start businesses to spend more time with our kids, let's say, right? Mm -hmm. With our spouses or whoever it might be, right? But what ends up happening is we don't get clear of what that part of the life is supposed to look like, but we are clear on the business side and then business quickly takes over. 
right? So that was my big mistake. So what I'm doing right now, the first thing we talk about is what do you want your life to look like? So family, your health, your, let's say, spiritual, if you're spiritual, what does that look like, right? What does your uh, free time looks like, you know? All those different areas that were encompassing the entire life. Once we get clear on that, that we know what we want our life to look like, then we say, okay, what is the business is going to look like that's going to support that life? Right. And that's a big way shift in thinking that's actually going to help you start setting up and creating the business that's supporting that life and not the other way around. That right. was my big mistake, you know? Yeah, no, that's it cost a, me, you know, go for it. Yeah, but I mean, you learned, which has gotten to where you are now, right? You wouldn't have had such a good answer to that question had, had you not gone through it. Um, right. Super interesting. So, Peter, let's go back. So you're you're learning all this new kind of stuff. How does that still lead us to the point where you're able to like really leverage strong marketing and internet skills? Like how much time and effort and like any specific resources that you really relied on that you would recommend to others? Well, one of the things that I've, you know, come over the years that I've learned, um, be careful who you listen to, right? So modeling mm -hmm. the people who are successful, right? And so why I've always looked for people who is it that I can learn from and have that kind of a mindset of, you know, you can learn from anybody, right? Have an open mindset about it because there's somebody smarter out, out there than me, right? Mm -hmm. That's thing, first thing. And second thing is, who is it that I can specifically learn from? So what I've done is I've reached out, I seeked out coaches and mentors who have actually done it. Like they've show that they are doing the marketing, right? That they mm -hmm. are being successful, right? So maybe in some kind of a marketing that, that I ended up getting to know them, that's been successful getting me into their, you know, coaching program or whatever it might be. Now they are actually doing what they're saying they're doing, right? Because there's a lot of people out there who talk the game, but they never actually do anything, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's the first thing. So I've started aligning myself with people with coaches, with mentors who have helped me actually shortcut that learning curve. Because at the beginning, the big mistake that I made, I started learning about everything and anything that mm -hmm. came to my mind, right? I mean, it just started sponging up everything. Yeah, and a lot of times, it. yeah, and a lot mm -hmm. of times what that is, is actually I call those squirrels. You know, if you look outside, there's a whole bunch of squirrels. There's a squirrel there and a squirrel there, 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 everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. And you get distracted. But when you start focusing on what is it that you really want, and that's why I started doing with the marketing, all of a sudden I started finding the resources, right? Like one of the resources that I've always been went to outside of my mentors is um, Digital Marketer, who's run by a guy named Ryan Dice. And I don't know if you're familiar with him, but no. they are the ones who are actually doing the marketing when it comes to the internet, right? So I've gotten, you know, a, into their program, right? And I started learning specific things because here's the thing. One of the things that I talked with my students is you can learn about everything up to, let's say, you know, five years in advance. But you as a student, as an entrepreneur, you have so many hours in a day. So you just want to learn the next step mm -hmm. that you need to take, yeah. right? Otherwise, you can be all over the place. Yeah, so I, I mentors, remember a, a coach of mine 
kind of explained it as like just-in-time learning, right? Like we yes. talk about like just-in-time in terms of delivery for logistics and stuff like that. It's You can apply the same thing to learning and it's it's so important. It is. It is very important because, listen, we only have 24 hours in the day, right? And hopefully you sleep at that time, right? So <laughs> you come down to maybe 16 hours or whatever it might be that you have 18 hours that you have to work with. And then you have your life, right? You have your family or whatever it might be. So you're really cutting down. So you have to be very um, strategic and very intentional mm-hmm. about what you are learning, you know, what you're going after. And that's what this quote-unquote vision that I, that I told you guys at the beginning is really helpful because it gets you to be very intentional, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and, and, so. and the other thing that comes to mind when we're talking about that is, I, I think it was in one of Tim Ferriss's books or, or maybe one of his podcasts where he talked about how, like, you can read all these books, right? Like, you can see behind me, like, you know, I love reading, it's super important. Yeah. Um, but it got to a point where, I mean, for me, especially after a few weeks, like, you kind of forget half the books anyways. What, what's more, what's even more valuable is reading the parts of the important books that apply to you right now, like as they're happening, right? Like you don't have to go out and buy a hundred books on entrepreneurship tomorrow. What you should do is, you know, focus on the two, three, four, five that focus on the one, two, three, four, five things you really need to do for your business right now. And you can worry about the other 95 books kind of like as they become more applicable in your everyday life. Um, And that kind of hit home for me as someone who reads a lot as well. Um, okay, yeah. so Peter, let, let's let's continue down this journey where you're kind of, um, you know, you're evolving, you're you're learning, you're kind of scratching more of the entrepreneurial itch. Mm-hmm. Where was the turning point where you kind of we'll call it like starting your first business? Did you mm-hmm. start it part time? Um, like, how did you start kind of implementing the marketing stuff, the internet stuff? What was the first iteration of that? Well, I will tell you this was many moons ago, right? <laughs> so I'm kind of thinking back, but you know, this was 07, 08 when the whole real estate bubble crashed. And the way I started doing this is I just started applying different things to start testing out different things. You know, I remember my first website that I actually went and designed. It was horrible. I mean, looking back at it, it was just. I mean, it's well, like and back a, then, like you didn't have Squarespace, right? Like, were you, no, there were was, you no, coding I mean, it? No, I was using Dreamweaver. I don't know okay. if you remember Dreamweaver, but you develop the website offline and then you save it and then you mm-hmm. upload it and, you know, to the server files and hopefully it pulls up and looks the same. And it was just crazy, right? Mm-hmm. So, but the thing is, I started doing stuff. I started testing different things and I started trying this out and trying that out, you know, and, and as I've been, as I was doing that, I started getting some feedback, right? And I might tell you the first time, my first business that I started doing at first, I don't know how many months it was, it was just like pulling teeth. Mm-hmm. It was a failure basically, right? But I never gave up, mm-hmm. you know, and I just kept moving forward and I started learning something new and something new. I'm going to tweak this. And then I'll give a different response, right? And what happens, I think, a lot of stuff for entrepreneurs is that they get so much into this learning phase, they they don't get into the doing phase. Mm -hmm. And that's when the things matter. So um, that's what I just started doing. I just started being my own um, piggy, you know, just testing myself. But what would you recommend? Like, was this like like an e-commerce store? Like, what what exactly were you trying? And... 
what would you recommend to people who are struggling to take those first few actions? Like, should they just start a blog or should they start drop shipping or like, like what right. do you, what do you recommend that they start with? Well, it's, it's a kind of a difficult question because it depends on what their goal is, right? right. What is it that your goal, what do you want to achieve? What are your strengths, right? What are you really good at, right? Mm -hmm. And once you figure that part out, then, you know, let's say you are someone who just um, has a lot of information that you are very, like, for instance, you are a chiropractor, let's say, right? And you want to be an entrepreneur, more of that. So you know a lot about fixing people's problems with the back pain and all the kind of stuff to a point where somebody else has no clue about it. Maybe there is something that you can do every morning, right? That will alleviate some of the pain. So what I would recommend to that particular person is create a little ebook, right? Or some videos, if you like being in front of the camera and just shoot some videos and then put it up on the website and create like a little, like a, I call it the lead magnet, right? When you right. give something away for free in exchange for their email. So you can give that away for free in exchange for an email. And then once somebody opts in, logs in, gives you their email address, then you offer them, let's say, um, you know, first visit free at your office. If it's a, like a local thing, right? Mm -hmm. Or you make them another offer, right? And that's how you start making money. So it's called like a little funnel, right? Mm -hmm. So it all depends on the type of a person. I'm very familiar with a lot of like info marketing funnels, that kind of stuff where you're selling information products, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so I live in that world. I haven't done a lot of like drop shipping kind of stuff because that's not my, you know, strength. Yeah. Uh, some people, one of my clients, one of my students, he is an Amazon um, seller. So all he does is go finds a product that people want, right? He finds a distributor, like a wholesaler that sells those products and becomes a middleman. So he buys a pallet of the product from, you know, that wholesaler, sends it to Amazon. Amazon holds that product for him in their warehouse. They charge him a low fee, right? And then he just makes the listings on Amazon. And every single time somebody buys it, then he Amazon gets you know notified and Amazon ships the whole thing for him. So he doesn't even mm -hmm. have any inventory at the house, right. right? He just sends it out. So it all depends on your goal, right? But it comes down to what your strengths are, your goals are, and, mm -hmm. and what you want your life to look like. You know. Got it. I hope that answer that. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean, it's, it's definitely one of those like it depends answers, right? Where like you said, it depends what you want to try. Um, and, and so how did that how did those first few attempts or businesses kind of evolve and bring you to the next step? Well, so so as I started, you know, growing that business, started looking at like in back then I had the product where I was helping real estate investors sell their houses on the internet. That was my strength. I knew how to do that because I've learned it through the School of Hard Knocks, right? So I started asking these people, what is it that they're looking for? What would they want? Like literally asking, what do you want to learn? What could I help you with? And they start telling me, giving me feedback, what their biggest problems are, right? Because you want to solve their problem. Once you figure out what somebody's problem is, you can solve it for them. Mm -hmm. So then that's, the big problem was they couldn't solve how to actually do that. So I 
had two different ways of doing it. One, I would teach them how to do it, which I created a product. So basically all I did is just sat down in front of the computer and I recorded like 10, I think it was 10 or 12 hours on video. Like I went on Google and I showed how to do this step and that step, right? And then I took that, transcribed that video into a book, transcribed into audios, and I had a course and I was selling that. I was literally driving to different like associations and uh, different platforms. I would speak on stages, right? And I would sell that product. So that's how it evolved. And then the second one involved is some of them wanted to do that for them. So that's when the coaching aspect started to evolve. And now my coaching is basically evolved around humans, right? It kind of evolved to a bigger and kind of a more, um, call it a strategic, to what really means to me in my heart, like helping people live their true life, right? Who right. they really are. So we talk about personal and business. How do you align that? How do you balance that? That's how the evolution basically came through. But it was all about listening to the, your client. Basically. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a huge takeaway right there, right? That it just applies to everybody and everyone, how important it is to listen to your potential clients, current clients, previous right. clients, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, Peter, how did you go about making such an in-depth course? Like, did you have experience selling real estate? Is that where it came from? Or did you research or like how, how did you come up with all that content? And, and I'm assuming it was very, you know, valuable content, too. Uh, how did right. you come up with it? Well, so the way I've learned it is, like I said, I was an architect, right? So I've developed a lot of real estate during that particular process. As we're developing real estate, right? We build that building. And now we have to get rid of that building, right? Mm -hmm. For the client. So on the commercial side, we were doing that. So then when I started looking at the bigger market, I'm like, okay, so it's the residential side, right? So I started playing with that and learning that. And I literally was taking on people at the beginning, like a demo clients, right? And I said, hey, listen, let me try this particular strategy and market your house, like an agent, real estate agent or investor on the internet, see if we can sell it, right? You don't have to pay me and just use my strategy. And they're open mm -hmm. to do that, right? Because you get service for free. Mm -hmm. From that, I started tweaking that strategy mm. And this was before some of these guys were talking about, you know, squeeze pages and landing pages and all that kind of stuff. I started implementing that kind of stuff in the real estate industry. Mm -hmm. It was already in the info marketing business, right? Online. Yeah. But nothing was like that in the real estate. So I basically took what worked in one industry and I applied it to a different industry. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, because that market wasn't aware of it, it was like, you know, like, what was that? You know, right. And that's why it worked. And that right. from those clients, I created testimonials from them. And that's when I started. Then I created the steps. So when I created the video, the course, I literally walked through the steps from the beginning to the end of how I do that myself. Got it. And then what was it like trying to sell that first course? Like what were was it difficult? Did it did it start well? Did it start poorly? Kind of. How long did it take to get that off the ground? Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a good question because if I'm being honest with you for a long time, nothing was coming through. There was no sales because one, you had to learn how to sell, right? Mm -hmm. On like the write a sales copy, right? So I've hired a copywriter mm -hmm. to write a sales copy on my website, right? 
then I started starting traffic and got another sale, one sale. And the first one I started seeing some sales come through, I was like, wow, this is actually working. Well, you know, and then I started tweaking it. Right. Mm -hmm. But what I found out knowing myself, remember I mentioned earlier the podcast about the, uh, your strengths. What I found out is I'm really good with talking with people, right? I enjoy talking with people, being in front of people, right? Mm -hmm. So I decided to, what if I started doing this live? Because a lot of people in the real estate industry were selling from the stage. So I took it on to create this presentation in the 90 minutes. I would drive to different, you know, places. Well, like the association in real estate industry, it's called RIA, mm -hmm. Real Estate Investment Association. And I would, you know, ask if I could speak for 90 minutes, sell my course on that stage, and they get, you know, 50% of the profits, right? For mm -hmm. me, allowing me to do that. And some of them took me on, and then I started just tweaking my message on the stage. And I will tell you that, you know, at first few times, I would make my offer on the stage and there were crickets. Mm -hmm. And then as I started to keep moving forward, tweaking, you know, started talking to my mentor, right? He's like, well, if you tweak this, you know, and cut this out because you're giving out too much information and people get confused, mm -hmm. right? Then you need to keep it simple. All of a sudden I see a one say, another say, right? To a point that I remember one time I was at one of these events and I was selling and I had these DVDs that I was giving away and I ended up with like three different DVDs that I had like left over. And it was at the end of my talk and I just went and I threw them for whoever wanted them down the aisle mm -hmm. and people were literally like fighting over it. I, mean, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Like, and there yeah. was like an old man who was with a cane and he got up to get it and somebody literally pushed him over. I'm like, oh my God, am I going to get sued? What's going on here? Right? So then I had my own copy and I gave it to him and he ended up actually buying the course. He was my oldest client at the time. Mm -hmm. So. But it's, you know, you just learned, you know, you just yeah. never stop. You know, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you have to have the mindset of feedback, not about failure. It's about feedback, right? Right. And never stop. Keep moving forward. But you have to be intentional. Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Because something's going to break. Right. It's either going to be that thing that you're trying to solve or it's going to be you. You make Got the choice, it. you know. What are maybe two or three of the key lessons or takeaways that really improved your presentation because i think a lot of people would probably love you know a lot of people aren't super comfortable giving presentations right. being in front of people do you have two or three pieces of advice for you know giving effective presentations good okay no problem so one is be you don't try to be somebody else when I was failing at doing this presentation, I was trying to learn all these different strategies and how this particular guy was presenting himself, right? How he was like kind of in your face or he was like this kind of a, you know, strategy that he was using, right? And it wasn't really working because guess what? When you're trying to be somebody else, people can tell, mm -hmm. right? They can tell like you're not being yourself, right? You're trying to do something. And when I first started just being myself through the sales message, whatever it was, just being me, all of a sudden, you know, there is the integrity, the genuine, being genuine, everything comes out and people want to buy from people like that. So just be you, right? Mm -hmm. You can polish the little message here and there just, but be you, you know, I screw up words like to this day, 
we run events throughout the United States, right? We have about eight, 10 different events that we run every, uh, almost every month around the United States. When I talk in front of these people, I screw up words mm -hmm. because of my accent or whatever, right? I make fun of it, mm -hmm. right? And people laugh and that's mm -hmm. me and that's what they love, right? So be you is the first piece of advice. Second piece of advice that I would give them is when you're speaking to the people, let's say in front of stage, get out there into the audience, right? Be over there in their listening, right? Not be in your head, but be over there. Because a lot of times what ends up happening is speakers or people start thinking about hey, what's going on. Am I saying these things right? Am I doing this right? What are the people thinking? Oh my God, this guy is looking on their phone. Is he actually paying attention? Or oh, this guy is walking out of the room. Oh my God, I must have said something wrong, right? Something triggered the guy who like, and that's when you get in your head and you're not really being with the audience and they can tell. So what mm. I'm saying is you get over there with the audience, being there listening and the words, if you've been practicing your presentation, your speech or whatever, and you're being you, they're going to come out and they're going to land with the audience, however they're going to land with the audience, but you are being there listening, right? Right. And you, I literally, in the audience, whether it's, 50 people or 1,000 people in the audience, I pick throughout the entire room, two, three, four people that I go back to, right? And I just speak to that specific person in the audience. Hmm. Very and that's cool. all I do, you know? Yeah, and, no. and they feel like they are getting engaged and I'm talking to them. Right. That's what they say about copy too, is, is even if you're sitting down to write a, you know, a mass email to 10,000 people, think about one of those users and, and, and write to one of those people. So right. de definitely really good advice. So Peter, how do you transition from that to where you're at now, right? How, how did that evolve or, or what was the kind of trigger that took you to where you are now? So the trigger that basically caused it, basically to where I'm doing right now, is when I got divorced. And it sounds kind of odd, but at that point, when I got divorced, my business was doing pretty good. You know, mm -hmm. we were paying for everything. I was making money and all that kind of stuff, but ended up getting divorced. And and I said to myself, and there was an odd thing because when I got divorced, my oldest at the time was eight years old. My parents got divorced when I was eight years old. Hmm. And then all of a sudden kind of hit me like, why is this happening? Mm -hmm. Right? Is there something about, you know, what is it that had me get divorced, right? Because she's the one who filed for the divorce. So I started going to this whole entire mindset. There's something gotta be wrong here, right? What is it that's going up between those two years that's causing something like this, right? So I went into this, you know, kind of a personal development, what fixing what's behind the two, between the two years. So that evolved into helping other entrepreneurs now, first getting to being clear and reframing some of the things that happen between the two years so you can be successful. Because right. anything, whatever business you are in, whatever you're trying to achieve in your life, 80% of it, if not more, is what's between the two years. 20% is the mechanics, the how do you put up the sales page or whatever, right? What is the business supposed to look like and all that comes. So that's only about 20%. That's what most people focus on. Mm -hmm. The biggest breakthrough that I've had is when I fixed what's between here, when I reframe some of those things, 
my life completely changed, my business altered. Uh, you know, when I, I'll give you one example. One of my coaching sessions that I had when I got, you know, I had a mentor and coach. I finally, for the first time, this was in maybe 2012, 2013. First time ever I got, it was like a blind spot. Like I couldn't tell what it was exactly, right? I didn't know I had that. I found I was a people pleaser. Hmm. I was a people pleaser my whole life, but I've never actually realized that, right? Now, what do people pleasers do? They please everybody, don't they? Mm -hmm. Right? So the clients, right? I would say to every single client, I would say, yeah, no problem. I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll do that. Who can I help? Who can I help? Right? And I would be like running around like with a chicken, my head off, right? Mm -hmm. And guess who wasn't happy? Me the most, right? Because I was helping everybody out. But guess what? At the same time, I was disappointing a lot of people because I was running out of time in a day to make sure that everything gets done. So the minute I got clear on that, I looked at, okay, so how do I set up boundaries for myself so I don't go on being the people pleaser? So my coach at the time helped me set up those boundaries. And the minute I set up those boundaries, one of those things was being on time. And so I started doing this being on time. And you would be shocked how many more clients I started to get in my business mm -hmm to actually because they were like you know what peter i can't believe it. first time in all the interaction i've had thank you so much for being on time on our call because that barely ever happens mm -hmm. that one thing but it started from here right so this is why i coach when people come into my coaching program right now that mastermind coaching that i have one of the first things we do is we talk about the mindset right right what's happening between the two years because once we get that done and all of a sudden in life, business, everything starts flowing. Got it. And so if, if someone really connects with that and they're like, you know what, that's that's what I need to do right now. Mm. What do you obviously other than signing up and, you know, checking out all your content and we'll get to that at the end. What type of actions can they take right now to try and solve that? Well, one thing I will tell you is, I mean, there's books you can read. You know, sometimes there is a book that you can read that's going to help you kind of looking from a different mindset point of view. Um, when it comes to books, I'm trying to think of top of my head what are some really great books. Uh, one of my mentors is Tony Robbins. Um, I mean, hmm. he doesn't, you know, he's, I went through his high-end training basically, right, that he has uh, specifically oh, wow. for coaching so what was learning, that like oh it's incredible i mean i mean it's i mean you, if you know anything about tony robbins he has a completely different way the mentality and all that kind of stuff right mm -hmm. i mean he i haven't personally been mentored by him but i just went through his coaching program right mm -hmm. and but the, the methodology and everything about the mindset is huge so his books his programs they speak a lot to when it comes to the mindset right um so starting to learning and being open, you know, uh, starting to look at like, what is it that people tell me a lot about who I am? What, is, what are the complaints that happen for a lot of people, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of being open, right? And start looking from that perspective. If you, you know, you never have time. If you have certain issues that you have in your life and you're like, you know what? I never can be anywhere on time. Why is that, right? And you mm -hmm. start kind of um, being the detective, right? 
and started looking at that specific thing. Um, one of the things that I do with my coaching students is something called the Tony Robbins started. It's called a six human needs test. That's a really good test. You can go online, actually take that test. And what the test is going to tell you is which human needs are most important to me. There's about six of them. Mm-hmm. And you're going to learn a lot about yourself hmm. and to help you kind of figure out, okay, why do I do the things that I do? But obviously the most important thing is find somebody in your life who can help you ask you those kinds of questions, right? Right. You know, why do you do the things that you do? Why is that so important to you? You know? Yes. Yeah, so some of his stuff is really eye-opening in terms of like, you know, having never thought of doing it or, or thinking about it before. And then you come out saying, wow, like, mm-hmm. why isn't this taught in school type stuff? So I've read Awaken the Giant. Um, oh, I really yeah. like that. I have another one. I think it's uh, uh, Power Something, Power Within. I, I really like his yep. content. And there's a cool, have you seen the Netflix documentary on him? Yes. The, yeah. uh, I'm not your guru. Yeah. Yeah. I thought yeah. that was really, really, that was really entertaining and just cool to see kind of the behind the scenes. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I really like Tony. Um, so, Peter, I mean, really, really, really insightful stuff and, and a lot of good things to think about. What can you say are maybe two or three common struggles that you find yourself helping your clients with? And, and you know, like, what are you telling them to do, right? So so we know at the beginning, kind of like the, the big focus is on mindset, right? But mm-hmm. beyond that, are there kind of like other types of common struggles or, or difficulties you find yourself helping a lot of people with? Yeah, um, great question. So one of them is obviously the um, squirrels. I call them the mm-hmm. squirrels, right? The shiny object syndrome. Mm-hmm. We all kind of have that, especially in today's world, right? Oh, yeah. Because we get interrupted by everything 24-7. So the way we have this, it depends on the specific person, right? Because if someone who has got the shiny object syndrome thing going like crazy, one of the things that we do with them is we sit down and figure out what is the most important thing for you, right? And why do you really want that? Mm-hmm. Because if you really know this in your life, if you are the person who has a shiny object center, I'm talking to a specific someone in your audience, right? Think about it this way. The things that you really love doing that are very important to you, you can go in and be doing that for hours and not get interrupted, right? Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, now you kind of separate from the fact that you have a big problem because in those that two hours or three hours of you, let's say doing something that's really important for you, all of a sudden those squirrels are now important. The shiny object syndrome is not there, right? Mm-hmm. So the only problem is not that you are the problem, is that you need to figure out how to make that thing that you want to uh, achieve be so important for you, the reason why that you're going to go and spend the two, three hours without an interruption, right? Mm-hmm. So to make, give you an example. So one of my students basically came to me and said, I want to uh, run this, you know, increase my business by this much. He gave me, you know, how much extra revenue. But I cannot get to the next level because there is all these distractions and all this thing is happening, right? So I asked him, well, why do you want that? Well, he goes, well, because I want to make more money. Well, why do you want to make more money? Well, because... I want to go and buy this car 
make you wonder, well, why do you want to buy this car? Well, because do you see where I'm going with this? Mm -hmm. You get to a deeper and deeper level to ultimately, for him, what it was, he just wanted to spend time with his family. Mm -hmm. He wanted to, you know, drive them around and have this on a Sunday afternoon and doing all that kind of stuff, right? right? So when you get to the core level of this, now it becomes so important that you just can't wait to keep working on this thing, get this thing done so you can have that thing, right? But most people are focusing on the surface stuff, not what's underneath it to actually make things happen. For sure. Yeah, that's that's super important and kind of relates to the Tony stuff too, right? Of like digging mm-hmm. deeper, getting to the true meaning. Yep. Uh, Peter, what has it been like kind of focusing? I know you do a lot of work with immigrants. Mm-hmm. Is it kind of a, a lot of the same? Like I, I'm assuming a lot of the kind of entrepreneurial struggles are very similar or maybe you know correct me if i'm wrong are similar kind of no matter where you're coming from but are there kind of immigrant specific struggles as well on top and and do you have any recommendations for uh immigrant entrepreneurs specifically yeah um so one commonality that i see with a lot of immigrants is one is who am i to actually be able to do this here in the united states let's say right because hmm. a lot of them you know they leave their own country they come here sometimes with a suitcase with nothing else, you know, and they start from nothing, really, right? So who am I to be actually be able to have the successful business? So they have this kind of a mentality of I'm not good enough. Excuse me, I'm not good enough to do this, right? Mm-hmm. That mentality is actually very uh, prominent, not only to immigrants, but to everybody. I'm not good right. enough. It's one big fear that we have as human beings, right? So we kind of work with that to kind of like, Listen, just the fact that you came here overseas and you literally had to leave your home behind, get your suitcase and fly overseas to a land that you're not even familiar with, language you're not familiar with, right? Look at what kind of a courage that takes. If you can break through that particular fear to get across, you can do anything Mm -hmm. because that's a huge, right, jump. So that's one thing. Second thing that I deal a lot with immigrants is... I find that immigrants are very driven, right? They never give up. They mm-hmm. keep drilling, they keep going because, you know, this United States, North America, for the mat effect is a land of opportunity, you know? I still believe in today's world right now, as we sit here, there is a lot of opportunity here. Mm-hmm. So they start going this opportunity, that opportunity, this opportunity, right? And they get so driven that a lot of times they forget about everything else in life. Right. And they end up working 80, 100 hours a week. Right. And that's when we have this vision to look at life first. What does it want your life to look like? And then aligning that business around it. Right. Right. And once you start looking from that perspective, you are still driven. You're still a go-getter. You're still going after this. But now what ends up happening is you're being a lot more intentional. Got because it. if you're working 80 hours, guess what? Those... 20, 30 hours, they're going to come out somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. So is it your personal time? You want to go to the gym or is it the time with your family? Or is it the time with your kids? What is it? What's gets taken out when you're working 80 hours, right? Mm-hmm. When that gets real now, all of a sudden it gets a lot more intentional. My business right now runs on 25 hours, 30 hours a week because I've lined it for the business to support my life, not the other way around. Got it. Very cool. Uh, Peter, this has been uh, this has been really interesting hearing about your story. You know, kind of how it evolved and, and this this feedback. 
Can you maybe just finish off with two or three pieces of advice you would give to someone who is right at the beginning of their solopreneur journey mm-hmm. or kind of struggling to break into it or maybe they've started it but you know they're they're during they're in that you know drudge of the first few months where it can be really difficult what right. are two or three pieces of advice you'd give to someone in that position well one thing i would say you are a rare breed mm-hmm. so give yourself an applause for that right because a lot of people will not step out of the norm of what we were told that we should be doing here you know so that's that's big plus, right? So give yourself a pat on the back for that. And second thing is don't give up. Just keep moving forward, man. Like I said at one point in this episode is that something is going to give at one point. It's either going to be you or it's going to be the thing that you're trying to work, right? The business. So as long as you don't give up, that thing is going to break and you're going to move to the next level, right? Mm-hmm. So don't ever give up. Just keep moving forward. Because there might be a lot of naysayers that are going to try to drag you down. But guess what? At some point, those naysayers, when you keep moving forward, they're going to be the people who will want to work for you. Right. You know? And the last thing I will say is when it comes to this, go after what's really important for you. You only have 24 hours a day. You only have 16 hours, whatever it might be, right? What's more important to you then let's say the business is the quality of life that you want to have, whether it's with your family, whatever, put that in the forefront, right? That that be your driver to get you what you want, right? So it's the life that you want, that you want to go after is the driver and not the business. Business is there to support you. And when you start looking from that perspective, I think you're going to be aligning yourself because now you're going to be making different decisions, right? Now you're not going to be the guy doing everything in your business. You're going to start looking, okay, so what do I need to delegate to somebody that will help me get my business to the next level, right? You're going to start making different decisions because at the end of it, when we come to the end of our life, guess what? It's not the business that we're going to be, you know, when you're laying on the bed at the end of your life, are you going to say, when I wish I would have done that extra business deal? Or mm-hmm. I wish I would have done that deal that I, that was then. Or are you going to say, I wish I was going to spend more time with my wife or with my kids or whatever it might be, you know? Got it. And you don't want to have those regrets at the end of it. So make sure you focus on that. Absolutely. That's a great note to end on, Peter. Uh, very well said. If people want to hear more about you or, or kind of follow you or, or check out your mm-hmm. website, where do you recommend that they that they go? Well, first and foremost, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for being me on this podcast. If you want to find out more about me, I post a lot of stuff on my Facebook. You can go to facebook.com forward slash coach Polish Peter. And that's my public Facebook page. I post stuff on there. Um, I have a podcast where I interview successful immigrants to help them grow, you know, to share their insights. You know, I've learned a lot from immigrants that I can even pass on. It's all free. And you can find it at mastersunite.com. That's mastersunite.com. And if you even are curious about being my, you know, in the coaching program that I have, the coaching mastermind, and we can offer you a free session on the people that are on this particular podcast, like a free discovery session, like a clarity session to figure out exactly what you want, right? Mm-hmm. I'm open to doing that for about three people. You can go to immigrantmastersunite.com, immigrantmastersunite.com and and book yourself to there or just reach out to me on Facebook. You know, I'm more than happy to have that kind of conversation with you. 
Awesome. Really appreciate that, Peter. And we will link to all of those uh, in the description, no matter where you're watching this or listening to this. Peter, thanks again for coming on the show. We, uh, we really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Hey everyone, Josh here, checking in just one last time. Wanted to say thanks so much for listening to the podcast episode. I hope you got a ton of value out of it. And if you want to keep getting more of the Solopreneur Grind content, make sure to join the email list. What I do is send three emails a week with additional content, such as what's going on in the background of my Solopreneur journey, insights I'm having on business, and updates when new podcast episodes like these come out as well. It's free. It always will be. The link to join is in the description of whatever podcast platform you're listening this to on. Really hope to have you on the list and continuing to share these awesome solopreneur journeys and insights with you as well. Have a great day and hope to see you soon.